0: Kelsey Patel is a certified Reiki master, yoga instructor, meditation teacher, and specializes in the emotional freedom technique. She is an authentic and knowledgeable voice in the world of wellness, and it's an honor to have her here today on the Mind Buddy Green podcast. Kelsey, welcome.
1: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Well, we're so glad you're here. So Reiki is this thing that some people know, but a lot of people don't know. So can you explain to people what Reiki is?
1: Absolutely. Reiki is a Japanese healing modality. We use our palm chakras to connect with what you would call life force energy, spiritual conscious energy, to bring about balance and harmony to either self or the recipient. Reiki is a Japanese term, but the way that I like to describe it to people who have never heard of it before, most people are familiar with acupuncture. And the qi in Chinese medicine, which is working on the flow, the qi, the life force energy in the body for balance and for health and vitality is the same as the key of Reiki. So that qi in Chinese medicine is the same thing as the key in Reiki. So we're really just working to bring balance and harmony and energy flow back into the body.
0: And so how do you explain it to people who are like, Okay, I don't buy anything you just said. <laughs> All the skeptics out there, are like chi energy, I don't, I don't, I don't buy it.
1: I like to say first of all I am that person. I grew up in North Dakota. I was never really exposed to anything that was considered energetic forms of healing Um, and then I was working in the United States Senate in Washington DC and I was very much that East Coast mentality Um, and so the first time that I saw somebody doing Reiki I watched them holding and hovering their hands above someone's head, and I was like, "Not touching." This is bullshit. (laughs) Can I say that? Yeah, you can. Um, And I, yeah, not touching. And I was like, "Okay, whatever." With your woo-woo, like I don't buy into that. At least with acupuncture, I could see a needle or sort of something tangible that I could elicit that thought form of "Oh, object meets body brings about healing." So Reiki was a really hard sell for me. Um, And I would say that it was through my experiences of having a Reiki session, which, by the way, I was offered a Reiki session for free. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have paid to get one. And I couldn't explain it and I couldn't understand it. But I did acknowledge that I felt better. I felt lighter and my back pain had started to just basically go away and then it would come back and I'd go get another Reiki session so for me I so understand the skeptics and I would say it's maybe it's not for everyone and that if you do however suffer from pain or anxiety or anything that is sort of a physical ailment um, or stress that manufactures pain um, or anxiety in the mind that Reiki might be something to try.
0: So after that first treatment, you're like, okay, I feel pretty good. Now this is what I want to do with the rest of my life? What was that evolution?
1: (laughs) Far, far from it. The evolution was, this was interesting, this session. I still didn't quite believe that the Reiki had made me feel better. It was like, oh, well, I kind of fell asleep, so maybe it's because I rested and am relaxed that that's why I feel so much better. And it became this sort of experience where I was like, you know what, I'm going to go once a week and get this session. And during those sessions, I was also getting EFT, which is emotional freedom technique. Um, And I just started to realize that I felt better. I wasn't quite sure how it was all working, but I just started to feel better more and more and more. And then that was where I decided to learn my Reiki 1 certification was for self-Reiki and I never had the intention of doing Reiki on others, never had the intention of like teaching this and going out into the world and spreading Reiki all around. Um, It just sort of happened and it was almost like the minute I realized how much Reiki was helping me with this pain that I thought Jason was uh, permanent. I had such bad back pain that I really thought, I questioned at some points in my life how much longer I could live life having that sort of pain because things just weren't enjoyable and because i started to feel the relief from these sessions i realized it was almost like shit this works now i have to share what this is because it helped me so much in my life
0: what specifically in your back from someone who had classic l4 l5 as ah, okay okay yeah.
1: So I woke up one morning when I was living and working in Washington, D.C., and I had this um, really sort of toxic relationship, and I had just gotten back from being away, and I came home and slept with my ex-boyfriend, which was, I was just so ashamed and so mad at myself for doing that, and I woke up, and I was brushing my teeth at his place, getting ready to go to work, and my neck just clicked And I couldn't move it. And it was this horrifying, terrifying moment of like, holy shit, what's going on? Is this going to go away? Is this going to pass in a couple seconds? I'd never felt a pain like that before. And it sort of radiated down my back. And I tried to keep going with the day and I ended up having to go into the ER cause it was just so all consuming. Like my head was pounding. It's super, super scary. Um, and I was just so overwhelmed by the pain. Um, and they ended up giving me, I think a cortisone shot. Yeah, I've had those. Yeah. <laughs> I've had more, I've had one or two more since then. Um, and it was okay. I mean, it helped a little bit, but I was in a neck brace and going in for um, treatments three times a week to a chiropractor. And it was sort of like that moment of just realizing nothing could be the same again, that I had to make some really big changes. And I'd been a dancer my whole life. That was my joy. And now I wasn't able to do anything that I used to be able to do as a dancer. So. Within a few weeks, I actually decided to uh, pack up and leave, leave my very secure, very amazing job in the United States Senate. And all these friends and all these relationships and all this life that I had in DC. And I just said, fuck it. And I moved to LA, um, with a friend of mine who was moving to LA and didn't have a job, um, or really that many prospects and moved to LA because I just knew that if I stayed in DC, I would keep being in this toxic cycle with this um, ex-boyfriend and by a very, very thin thread, like think of the thinnest thread on a needle, that was the amount of self-worth and self-bravery and self-belief that I had left after being in sort of that toxic environment with a partner. And so it was by that very thin thread that I chose to leave.
0: And so two things you mentioned in your healing process. So one, EFT. So I want you to talk mm-hmm. a little bit more about what that is. And then you also mentioned Reiki one. Could you just walk us through like the different levels? And
1: Yeah. So Reiki level one is learning to Reiki yourself. You don't learn any of the symbols or really any of the, um, all of the ways that you can connect with Reiki with this channel Um, you learn those in some of the other levels I'll explain that but in Reiki level one you're really just learning how to connect to the source and receive that channel so that you can start to do Reiki on yourself and then in the program that I teach students is you are then required to do this 30-day protocol where you Reiki yourself every single day for 30 consecutive days and Reiki someone in your life that Volunteers to be your pro- proxy, and you reiki them once a week um, just to really get into the practice of letting this become a part of your life. Um, and then at reiki level two, you learn three of the symbols and you learn how to do distance reiki. So you can send reiki sort of through past, present, future. You can send reiki to a loved one. Um, you can send reiki to your past self. Um, and part of the protocol for that is which is a very, very powerful level of Reiki, is you're sending through these symbols, you're sending Reiki back to every single year of your life. So really taking someone on the full spectrum of a healing journey so that as you show up to be a practitioner of Reiki, you're allowing yourself to know that you've sort of cleaned out your your places and your life and allowing yourself to then show up as a clear vessel for the people that you're going to do Reiki on.
0: Got it. Can you send reiki to the person drilling? <laughs> I just noticed Pop.
1: that. I was like, "Some, someone some the, is, the tapping. yeah." The
0: <laughs> or the heating? It's it's the oh,
1: heating. Oh, I remember that from filming, actually.
0: We'll send some reiki. Yeah, there. we'll
1: send some reiki to those vibes.
0: So and then EFT.
1: And then EFT. So EFT is Emotional Freedom Technique. It's the it's tapping, and I find that very very helpful on as a almost daily self-practice because you're tapping on these different um, acupressure points on the body where we hold and store a lot of different memories, a lot of energy. And as you tap on these different places and you're speaking aloud, sort of whatever the issue is or whatever the stress or whatever the pain is, and you're allowing yourself to open that energy up so that you're moving the emotion, you're moving the charge that that has on you in that moment. Does that make sense? Yeah,
0: totally. Totally. So, what does the science say about all this stuff?
1: Yeah, of course. So, it's as sort of a lot of things in the energy healing technique world, I don't think many people have been willing yet to allow all of the science to fully support or fully um, embrace any of these. Modalities in any of this healing. I don't know if that's because it's an insurance thing or if it's a just overall science, loving the science of mm-hmm. it. The thing that I say is, you know, if we go back to Einstein of E equals MC squared, we know that energy is matter and that we are made up of this energy. So to believe somehow that your energetic body is not also needing to adapt and align and use the healing that can come from, just touch, right? There's a technique out there called healing touch. Sure. So when you're allowing that idea of energy healing, that you are energy and you're allowing yourself to receive the benefits of energy healing, to me it's letting your brain sort of sync up with what's already happening in the body. and. There are absolutely things out there that would say, yes, we know that these techniques can help with stress. And I don't think anybody's been able to make the claim that Reiki 100% is a science-based healing modality. I don't think anyone is willing to say that yet, but to me, it's more about how to someone feel because there's so much that we know with science that hasn't supported different ideas and different um even with food medicine and how we are sleeping patterns and i don't think that you can see yet until you've allowed it to be part of mainstream society and once it becomes mainstream then suddenly the science is coming in to back up what people have already been practicing
0: sure I completely agree with what you said with regards to seeing how you feel. To me, the tr- try it, see how you feel. Mm-hmm. If you feel good, do it. If you don't,
1: stop. And if you're willing to trust, like I tried it, you know, for me again, like I was very much the person that said, "Okay, show me where Mayo Clinic or any place says that this is real." And it it wasn't about that. It was letting go of my ego's need to have a fact before I had a feeling. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so for me, it was learning how to let go of my ego's control of needing to know. And a lot of people who do receive Reiki have a lot of control issues and have this desire to sort of live their life based in control. And I get that because I've been that person and I still am that person from time to time. So for me, using a combination of tapping and Reiki, the tapping sort of helps to clear out my ego's want and need to control. And then I'm opening up to receiving the Reiki and allowing the healing to take place.
0: So when you mention control, I think of stress and anxiety, which a lot of people suffer from. What is that one thing that like anyone can do in the moment when they're stressed, they're anxious, they're having one of those moments in a very hectic day?
1: So I would say for sort of those acute moments, I think EFT is a fabulous way to just move the energy on an immediate, in an immediate moment. It works for me. It's worked for the people that I work with. I'm even if it's a celebrity who's about to go on stage and sing in front of thousands of people, like we'll do a tapping technique over the phone before they go so that it's just moving out all those stories, all those programs, all those anxieties and fears and just sort of buildup is what I like to call it. It's just clearing the buildup. So that would be something I'd say as an immediate, like three minutes of tapping in those very acute overwhelm experiences day to day can help for chronic stress and chronic fatigue and sort of that just essence of what a lot of people in Western societies are experiencing, the burnout, is I would say a regular daily practice of just hands on your heart and allowing yourself to feel Life force energy, just your breath. Just hands on your heart. That's simple. Just hands on your heart and just feeling your own breath, and then allowing the energy to come in through the crown of the head, down into the heart, and then into the body.
0: So, hands on the heart. Really simple. Anyone and it's in the
1: that. Reiki 101 yes. module. Is one of that is teaching people how to do self Reiki without needing to go and get a certification and without yes. needing to be a fabulous
0: class at my buddy. Well, no, you. but
1: it's true. <laughs> I've gotten so many messages from people who have taken the course that say. I was really called to Reiki, but I just didn't know how, or maybe they didn't have the money to go do a one-on-one or whatever it may be, or even just access. And they've done the self-Reiki and they can feel themselves just allowing that energy to flow and it's new. So it feels a little weird. It might feel a little awkward or scary or uncomfortable, whatever your word is. But the idea is to just keep coming back, keep coming back and just allowing yourself to believe that it's possible for you to heal.
0: So you bring up learning online and talk a little bit about that, like learning online versus one-on-one versus group, like talk about how they're a little different and how they all work in their own way.
1: Yeah. I think there's a place for all of it. I think that having group Reiki or having even just anything, if you go to a group meditation class, whatever it may be that it's like going to a group fitness class, it's easy to sometimes feel a little more inspired or a little more lit up or a little more, um, sort of focused in those settings because you're with a collective energy and so there is a benefit to having this sort of symbiotic creativity of healing in a room together. I think one-on-ones are incredibly powerful because you can really hone in with a practitioner on the what's going on with your body, the root maybe of some of your stuff, and allowing that work to really de- rail you from what the ego is telling you is wrong and seeing things in a new perspective Um, and then online I think is incredible for people who a again don't have access it could be expensive to do one-on-ones you might not have access to the group experiences and with the one-on-ones excuse me versus online I think online you also have to really go on an exploration with yourself so being willing to see things that you might not normally want to look at. And that's where I would say the biggest difference is between a one-on-one or even a group setting and online is being willing in an online setting to know your patterns and to see yourself and to look at some of the stuff you've been ignoring and dismissing because it's just going to keep coming up. It's going to be a different scenario with a different person, but that shit's just going to keep coming in until you're really willing to clean it out.
0: Sure. So, so much of what you do is feeling energy, reading energy, feeling a person, reading a room, all those things where everyone's listening. They're like, I want to do a better job there. Like, how can we all do a better job of feeling the energy around us?
1: It's a great question. I think... First and foremost, it's about feeling your own energy before you leave the house. Because if you're not aware of what you're capable of in any given day, it's going to be impossible for the world to meet you at that place. And then everything that you're already feeling is going to be exacerbated because you're going to be seeking an outside validation or an outside person or perspective or job or whatever it may be to fill this void or fill this need that you're having so if you're not aware when you start the day what you need and how to meet yourself in that need and in that place it's you're gonna have a really hard day because you're gonna go out into the world with without that awareness and you're not going to know. And so things can get frustrating and things can feel anxiety um, creating and things are just going to feel a little bit draining and exhaustive. So my first and foremost suggestion is take five minutes in the morning to just feel and digest where you are. And then knowing what is one self-loving thing I can do for myself today or one act that I will give myself today so that I can show up for me, that I'm responsible for my needs. Not everyone else in the world needs to show up for me and be a mind reader because then you're just going to create disappointment, frustration, resentment, all of that.
0: So get in touch with yourself first. Yeah. And we all have these people in our lives somewhere, some more than others or maybe not energy energy vampires a popular subject of mind buddy green how do you deal with energy vampires
1: boundaries boundaries are medicine for the soul and you know a boundary can be as simple as wanting to say no and being like fuck i just i want to say no and feeling like you don't have a choice to say no and then re reassessing re-examining that choice because energy vampires are only going to be there so much as you allow the energy in. It's as simple as that It's a boundary. you can't expect that person to know your boundary if you don't set it. So if there's an example
0: yeah how do you do that in like a public setting where like you don't really know this person and maybe you're at like a public event and like these people are coming at you. From, yeah. and and you're just like I've, I've heard numerous one thing I heard from someone is just like how you hold your breath and your chest and where you're breathing from like do you, are you breathing from your belly or the top of your chest
1: absolutely so it's funny before this kind of goes back to the morning thing and I did it even on my way here today before I go anywhere and know that I'm going to be in a scenario where there's energy exchange or where there's output versus input, right? Like if I'm going to a massage, right. I'm, it's a very different vibe. Like than you're getting if, on an airplane. Yeah, exactly. Getting mm-hmm. on an airplane. So for me, it's also about really connecting with myself first and being aware of my breath, as you said, but also just being aware of me and my boundaries. So if I'm going out to do a public event, let's say, and a lot of people want to talk or connect with me afterwards... It's really about checking in with myself before and I will see myself sort of like with this white light, with Reiki and with this white light coming in through my whole body and surrounding me like this protective energy force field so that I know that I have already created that boundary so that even if people are coming at me and I don't feel like I can sort of ward them off or whatever. It's like, I can actually let go of needing to control it and just come back to that sensation and that vibration of the energy.
0: So will you ever say like, I can't work with you or I can't, I'm just not going to deal with this person over here. Yeah. toxic.
1: Very much so. I've done, um, events before I've had people come up to me or I have people message me all the time on Instagram asking, they will send me this long thing of all the things going on in their life. And they want me to basically somehow be like a savior for them. And in those moments, I choose either a, if I even feel like I have it within me to respond to that, or sometimes I have to delete something so that I, Mm -hmm. I might be too open in that moment. And suddenly I want to like jump in and dive in with that person. And I know that it's not, um, a healthy space for me. Sometimes I have to just delete it so that I can let go of feeling like I have anything to do with managing or being responsible for someone else's life. Um, and then also at an event, it's really me being able to notice, oh, excuse me, I have to go get water or I have to go use the restroom or whatever it may be. And those are real things. But it's constantly, I've I've learned this the hard way, meaning I've been, I've done events and I've gotten so sucked out of that I've gone home and laid in the bath and cried for two hours.
0: Hopefully we don't do that to you at Revitalize. No,
1: no, <laughs> not at all. You guys are amazing with boundaries. But meaning like... I really have. I've I've learned the hard way, or I've gone and done events, or too many events, or had too many people, um, sort of, in my space, and I've gotten sick for a sure. full week after. So I've this. I can say that boundaries are medicine because I've not had enough boundaries when I needed them. But I really believe that I needed those lessons.
0: Yeah, I've always been very curious with that, that question specifically with healers because healers, especially in, in your, in your work, you give so much of you and it's exhausting. So I want to, I'm curious how you deal with that, but also in your, in your work, you're giving energy, you're feeling energy. I think part of what you, what you need in your position to be successful is the ability to say like, that's almost too much work. I can't do it <laughs> versus I can help these people over here because yes. you only have 24 hours in a day. And at the same time, you need to take care of yourself.
1: Yeah. I started realizing that with my husband, especially, I would be going home after these events and I would just like lay my whole body next to him like a snake, just as close as I could be to recharge my battery. And then I started realizing that on... Is
0: he your Reiki battery? He is. He
1: doesn't, he's never, he's (laughs) been to my classes, but it's so funny, even yesterday, as we were talking about, I was so tired after the plane ride and I had taught Reiki to this week and done some events. And he just put his head hand on my head. And afterwards, I always ask him, and I said, were you sending me energy? Because I feel so much better afterwards. And he does it in his own way, meaning he's never learned Reiki, but he sends me that energy in his own way. I love that. But it's, I mean, I had to start to realize that my friends and my family were actually getting like the waste of me. (laughs) Like I was this beautiful, amazing red velvet cupcake with sprinkles on top for everybody else. And then I came home and I was giving the wrapper of the cupcake to my husband. (laughs) And so I really, over this past year, had to change my sort of um, perception and my intentions because it was not feeling good to me and it was not fair to anybody around me that I was... We would have people over for something fun, for a dinner party, and I'd need to go take a nap for two hours because I had done an event all day. And I just started to realize because my job is not a normal nine to five, I'm often doing events on weekends and doing events sort of all over. And so that doesn't give me sort of a normal schedule, but building time for me to have like two days a week where it's nothing, even if it's on a Tuesday, Wednesday, or Tuesday, Friday. Um, And I wasn't very good at that. So I've started to learn that those days, like they are for everybody, are very critical for me to just enjoy life because I was taking it too seriously. I was doing too much healing and having too much desire to help people. And it really wasn't healthy for me and my humanness.
0: What are your favorite go-to's? like when you're traveling or just in general, where you're like, oh, it's one of those days. Like, what's your go-to stress reliever? Oh, I Is it love, EFT, is it breath Yeah, work? it's it?
1: definitely EFT and breath work, but those are kind of, um, those are active experiences. So for me, it's doing something really passive. Um, so I love actually, I have, um, Have you guys ever used those weighted blankets? Sure. So I have a gravity blanket. This is my go-to when I'm in LA. I can't travel with it because it's too heavy. But I will go into our guest bedroom and I'll turn on a diffuser with one of my favorite oils. I'll pull like an angel card from a tarot deck and I will put oil on and I will lay under the gravity blanket and I'll do yoga nidra. Like I'll just play a yoga nidra recording. And I let myself just fully release and relax. Um, And that every time does the trick for me.
0: How long do you do it for?
1: Uh, About 45 minutes.
0: That's a good time. It's It's like people need to come down. Like I'll never forget. It was an interview with Michael Stipe, the lead singer of R.E.M. I saw years ago. And he was saying how, granted, it's different R.E.M., like, Tens of thousands of people touring around (laughs) the world for like 300 days straight, but like an intensity there and like giving himself every night. And he was saying how it it would take him like a month or so after tour to come down. Like he, he would, he was saying he couldn't have like normal conversation. He'd be out to dinner with his friends and he'd just be Mm -hmm. like, I'm incredibly bored. I don't like these people. And then he realized, wait, I'm the problem. Yeah. And it's because I'm not even here. Yep. And it it took him like a month or something after touring of doing nothing just to become normal again. And he was like trying to articulate, like I gave so much that I had nothing that I couldn't even handle. Like I was running on adrenaline, like a dinner with great friends was like terrible you couldn't do it it, you can do it
1: it was a scale it was a zero on a 10 scale after he'd had a 10 and it's funny a teacher of mine had once said to me because I was actually starting to get really upset with myself and frustrated because I was like here I am doing energy work and I believe that source is infinite and I believe that we can tap into this infinite potential for life and for our our health and for our, our joy And I was getting very frustrated with myself because I'd go and do these huge, amazing events where I was doing Reiki on like 300 people. And it was just the most incredible experiences. And I'd come home and and maybe I'd be traveling or doing a retreat with people and just super high vibes. And I'd come home and I'd need to rest for like three to five days. And I couldn't, I was getting so mad that I could not just jump back in and get back and get back into emails because I love my work and I love the things that I'm doing and I would get really mad and I'd feel really um, like sort of depressed and a little bit uh, hard on myself and one of my teachers said to me you have to remember that doing these things is like a wave and if you have a really really big wave and it gets super super high the crash is also going to be even bigger And it was the first time that I finally started to see exactly what you're saying, that there is a calibration period that every person who's in that giving on an expansive level in their own variation of that is needs time to calibrate. And I really wasn't giving myself that calibration period. Um, And then I would just end up even more exhausted and even more Mm -hmm. depressed or even more whatever because I'd try to keep going and then I would end up getting sick and that was always my way of having to stop sure so
0: when someone out there is looking for an energy healer in their neighborhood what does one look for what are the (laughs) qualities what are the questions you should ask what are the feelings you should have like how do you find a good good, because it's a tough one to find like you're not gonna you know you can't go to Yelp for that no you can't and and in the the wrong situation it could be it can be dangerous yeah
1: you're so right i got a message from a girl one day and it was actually through um somebody who worked at mind body green it was their friend and they said reach out to kelsey and it was somebody who'd had a reiki session and they were dealing with some addiction stuff and this man had her get fully undressed On the table, and at one point, moved the towel down so her breasts were exposed so that he could, quote unquote, get into her heart chakra and was touching in her chest. And the girl had reached out to me, and I wrote her back right away. And we had this long dialogue back and forth. And I just, I was so sorry that she didn't know that that, because she felt, which is the part where it becomes dangerous, she thought maybe she was doing something wrong that she felt not open to having the full experience Mm -hmm. and that made me so i was so angry after hearing that so your question is so valid and so important and you know as much as i'd like to say trust the universe you'll be shown the right teachers at the right moments and everything else I do think that there is a very deep need to also be a responsible seeker (laughs) so that you're not just out there wanting someone else to heal you and looking and sort of giving all of your power away to Mm -hmm. any given healer because a good healer will know what, what most of us out there practicing know. You the seeker have all of your own answers and a good healer and a good teacher will just help you see that within yourself and see the mirror and the ability within yourself to heal right through changing thought processes through allowing the body to receive the healing that it's ready for. I would say, you know, a lot of times I ask and always send messages to my trusted tribe, to my friends, to the people that I know that are sort of vibing in the same way that I am. That's the first place I go for my own personal healing and for my own personal seeking. Um, And then I would also say if there's people out there that you respect and maybe you don't know them, but you see them out in the world, they've written books or they are on social media, whatever it may be. You know, to really allow yourself to see their trusted sources. And at least maybe that will sort of navigate you to find somebody in your area. I get asked, same thing as I was saying on Instagram, I get asked all the time Do you know a good Reiki healer in Chicago, in Pittsburgh, in South Carolina? I wish I did, I don't. But I do think that you meet the person. And if at any point you don't feel safe, that's my number one word. Oh, that's, yeah. If you don't feel safe, with that person, you can just very politely leave. I don't think anyone, you don't have to pretend, and especially in something like this, I don't think anyone needs to stay through a healing. Like you have to be safe with a practitioner in order to do the healing in the first place. So if you don't feel safe, I would say leave.
0: Yeah, and I think it's important because so many people who are seeking alternative Methods alternative healing modalities or not getting answers and they're looking for answers myself included in years past like I've tried Everything and you're going to these people and you're looking for answers same and you're you're in some ways you're giving your power to someone else and It's just a very important dynamic uh, To make sure it doesn't get out of whack when that person sort of flips the switch of yeah I have all the answers on the guru like I would say like gurus are the good, but you know Watch Wild Wild Country. I (laughs) say,
1: so, so, so true. Watch it.
0: It's it's dangerous. And it's always important to remember, even though a lot of people are gifted and, and do help people and have the right intentions, they're still human beings.
1: And we all, like, that's exactly. No one's God. No one is God and no one ever needs to pretend to play God, you know? And it's like. If you feel with someone, and I even, to be honest, my also framework is unless someone is um, on a clinical level, I would say, no one needs to be telling you how many times to come in for a session. Because, (laughs) you know, I think that was always the way I would end my one-on-ones was by saying, they would always say, how many times do I, should I come back and what, what do I need to do? And I would always put it back in their court and say, you will know when you're ready for your next session just trust yourself like I was not in the business of telling because I'd had healers that I went to that would say you should see me three times a week or you should come this many times and I would go and I would do it and then suddenly ten thousand dollars later or whatever it may be I'm still sort of sitting in my same shit and I was the common denominator as we all are to our own healing it's you so it's also about like really checking in with yourself and seeing and knowing what you need for that healing
0: right completely agree so going back to like the skeptics out there again or just people who are unfamiliar with Reiki yeah who are hopefully a lot more familiar now and less skeptical and want to try it and it feels good go with it yep Um, what's like the biggest misconception you'd love to like clear up mm. about reiki like i'm sure i'm sure mm. one of them is like can i still be a christian can i still be a buddhist <laughs> like is it a religion well it's like so yoga true, same thing like what are the
1: that's actually thank you for saying that that is probably one of the biggest things is i grew up catholic I love Christ. (laughs) I still make the sign of the cross. Um, I still say grace before I have dinner, but I also Reiki my food and I will complete a Reiki circle and do sort of all of my disconnecting and, and all the symbols of Reiki. And I'll also do the sign of the cross because that feels good to me because that's my connection with myself. That's my connection with how I feel. And I've had a lot of people ask me, um, and a lot of people who grew up Christian or whatever it may be, Buddhist, Jewish, anything, and I always try to help people see that Reiki is not religion. Reiki is about connecting to this energy, this prana, this life force energy, the same way that you would go to acupuncture and most likely think this is medicine. Mm -hmm. This is a form of me healing and seeking like massage, whatever it may be for someone, Reiki is another form of bringing healing. And Reiki is always and only intended for balance and harmony, period. It's not there to save you. It's not there to heal you. It's not there to give you to God or any of that. Reiki is specifically intended for balance and harmony, period. So that to me is for people to feel safe in tapping into their life force energy and tapping into the ability that we have to connect to sort of this infinite source and allow that healing to come through.
0: Do you have any advice for people out there who may be, you know, not feeling so great and just really diving into their wellness journey?
1: Mm, I would say I've been there. Um, I sometimes still do go there where I feel really scared or I feel really incapable of vitality and health. And um, I think it's really just about trust, learning to trust your body and its rhythms and its needs and learning to Listen a little closer to the stories that your mind is telling you, because if you change those stories, if you're willing to change those stories and have new thoughts and new ideas, you will also most likely start to see some changes in your physical well-being.
0: I love that. I love changing the story that you're playing to yourself.
1: Because I still, because I've had so much back pain, I'll find myself in certain moments where I do feel very vulnerable or I do feel more depleted. I'll, If I pay attention, if I don't pay attention, it just runs and runs and runs. And then suddenly I'm popping Advil because I'm scared and you know all that. But if I listen, I can find that it's just my old fear. It's just my old pain talking to me again. And I have a choice to listen to it and go down the rabbit hole with it. Or I have a choice to try something new and a different thought and reconnecting with myself and believing in my body and believing in myself to heal and to create new stories.
0: I love that. So the last questions I always close with, um, what keeps you up at night and what has you excited every morning?
1: Hmm, what keeps me up at night is, it's sort of, it's funny, it's actually the same answer probably for both, is what keeps me up at night is, I. there's so much suffering going on and I see it in my own family. My mom suffers from depression and my dad from alcoholism and, you know, I've, I've just seen a lot of suffering. I've suffered. So that keeps me up at night is the amount of suffering that goes on in our humanness. And what gets me up and gets me passionate in the morning is helping people see that suffering can also be a choice.
0: That's a tough... How do you separate from that? (laughs) That's a hard one when people are so close to you.
1: Yeah, I don't really separate. (laughs) Meaning... Well, or,
0: or how do you, It's it's...
1: Well, I had... I think I've realized, I've started to understand how much my physical pain has been connected to my emotional pain and sort of the, the layers upon layers of codependency when you are raised under that home life of addiction and of depression and bipolarity. So, learning how to be sort of this independent meets interdependent. I think there's a safe place, too, to have interdependent relationships with people where if I say I'm going to show up at this time, you can depend on me to be with my word. Um, So I'm really learning how to sort of find safety in my work and in my relationships now in this whole new way. So even the people who are out there teaching, like there's such humanness to all of us and such beautiful lessons that we're all here to learn. And for me, it's just about being very open and honest with my lessons and with the work that I'm doing in with myself and just sharing that. And if it helps someone, great. And if it's not for someone, that's okay too. They'll find their their teachers and their things in the future. But that to me is how all of this even started was just through my own pain and trying to find and turn it into joy.
0: Well, what did your parents say when you told them this is what you were going to do?
1: I think they still they they're so supportive. The, the beauty of my That's parents huge. is that they're they're, <laughs> they're so open and loving and supportive. They're incredible people, but they they suffer. They have sure. things that they're going through, and so it's really also this level of um, all of us accepting that we are these individuals and mm-hmm. that we have to take care of ourselves and we can love on each other and we can support each other in the journey, but we can't take it on for each other.
0: I love that. So true. Yeah. I think that's when people are running into trouble. Like families are, look, fam- families is oh, complicated. So and I think when you try to take on, it's a balance of you love someone, you care for someone, you try to do everything in your power to help them. And it's a balance of what you can take on and what you can't. Yeah. And uh when you become the caregiver it becomes even it's it's tough. It's complicated. It's, it's complicated.
1: Relationships and family relationships are so complex and I also believe as hard as it is, and I'm in a very new phase right now, because I, you know, even just told my parents that I need some space, because we just went through a really big thing with them in February. And that was really, it was scary. And I got off the phone, and I was just, I was heartbroken. And I told my parents, I've been heartbroken in my relationship with you guys over the years, and I just need space. And I was so scared after I made that phone call because it's so new. And I think that's also part of healing too is letting new and letting what might even feel scary and what might even feel like sort of um, ungrounded is letting all of that in because now I'm in this I feel very wobbly of navigating that relationship and that's okay and like creating space to let that uncertainty exist because that's where the change is.
0: I, I think that's a hard thing for individuals everyone myself like to be okay with the uncertainty to be okay with you know what this does suck and <laughs> I'm okay with that. It doesn't mean I'm still not going to be positive about it and yeah. be the eternal optimist and try to make change. But, like, I'm going to be okay. And I think there's a difference between, like, I would say being okay with something and then um, being complacent or, or feel, a feeling of defeatism. I think they are different things. It's or like, even guilt. Like, I guilt, felt guilty, yeah, guilty
1: yeah. after I had that conversation, which was rooted in truth and rooted in love, I felt so guilty. And then I, I was able, because of all this like work, <laughs> I was able to realize that that was just my old stories coming up. That's all I've ever known in my relationship is just like, let like, accepting and still needing to have a relationship, even if I'm not okay. And that was what caused so much of my pain in the past. So I don't want to go back to that pain. I'm not willing to repeat the past. So I have no choice, but this new choice, which is really unknown and really uncertain of just sort of being in this new territory. It's like floating, you know, you don't really know where the bubble's going. Um, But I also think that's where the medicine is, is like finding those new boundaries.
0: I love that. So last question, if you could go back in time and give yourself advice back when you were in Washington, D.C. on Capitol (laughs) Hill, what would that be?
1: What would that be? Um, There are, there's so much great stuff coming, and it's okay to be scared, and it's okay to just love yourself more than you love others.
0: Love it. Kelsey Patel, thanks so much. Check out her amazing uh, class on MindBuddyGreen, Reiki 101, and everything she does will include it in the show notes. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Jason. Always good to see you.
0: Likewise.